Well, 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 the weekend is here. And you're tuned in to the Sports Machine Podcast with your boy Antoine Smith-Smith. Welcome to NFL Week 4. Man, it's crazy. We seen the Week 4 start off with the Jets collapse against the Denver Broncos. But the Broncos, they brought their A game even without Vaughn Miller. Uh, the Jets played well early, but Denver turned it on late. Melvin Gordon was a great addition, and no one thought about it because they were worried about Philip Lindsay. But Melvin Gordon still has a lot left in the tank and showed everyone why he was worth $10 million that he wanted from the Chargers but didn't get. And he, you know, <laughs> he's just that guy. Bradley Chubb in his third season looked like he's finally turned the corner and becoming the pass rusher that the Broncos thought he would be. Uh, the Broncos' 37-28 win. Gave them an 0 and 1 start. But that's just a couple of quick things I want to talk about before we get to NFL Week 4. And that's the NBA Finals. You know, Game 1, I think that pretty much showed what the Miami Heat were up against. Now, Miami may win a game or two, but the Lakers, you know, with their size, just too big for Miami. And no matter, you know, how you put it or how you view the game, you know, fundamentals will always be the same in any sport, no matter what you play. And with the Lakers, you know, a lot of teams play this small ball concept, which I never liked. And, you know, when you play small ball, you leave yourself vulnerable on the boards. And that is where the Lakers thrived in game one. Anthony Davis was killing, you know, the Miami front court on the boards. Even Kelly Olenek, who had some size. Anthony Davis is seven, almost seven feet tall, and LeBron James is six nine. Those two players alone, if they play in the front court or point guard or whatever they want to play on the floor, it's going to be too much for Miami. It's no way around it. So in the off season, um, even though, you know, I think a key free agent will end up in South Beach. It needs to be, you know, a front court player with some size. And also, I think, you know, Miami is in need of a true point guard. Now, I'm not knocking Goran Dragic, but we all know that he's a score-first point guard. On a team like Miami, if you can get Chris Paul, which a lot of teams will be after him, namely the Los Angeles Clippers will probably try to get him back uh, from Oklahoma City. But... When you think about, you know, Miami and what they have, if they get a player with some size, even Giannis, I mean, I think he would be a key addition. But you got to think about, you know, with Miami, Pat Riley knows how to put together a team. And I'm sure he's saying the same thing that I'm saying right now, that we need size up front. We need a player that can, you know, dominate in the post. Uh, even, you know, if they still had Hakeem Hassan Whiteside, it would still, you know, work to their advantage. But think about this. The Lakers also have the experience aspect of it all. And even though Eric Spolstra is a two-time champion, this is Phil Finals' appearance, the Lakers still have LeBron James, who has the most experience of anybody on the court. And I think, you know, their experience makes a difference. Uh, and that would probably be the telling tale of it all. But like I said, Miami has a team that can compete. And if they add that one piece that they need in the offseason, 
I can see them right back in the finals next year. So, I just can't wait to see how the finals turn out. And I think uh, the Lakers win it in five or six games. Now, I think Miami will win a game, but the way they look, you know, in game one, I, it's kind of hard to say right now. But one more thing before we get to those picks. Uh, my Atlanta Braves, I'm pretty happy with what I've seen in game two. Uh, they beat the Reds in the best of three games, uh, 5 nothing. And what's surprising with the Braves, and I know it's not much to read into because the Reds were one of the poorest hitting teams in Major League Baseball, is the Braves pitching. They didn't allow a run in 22 innings. That says a lot about, you know, their commitment to getting their pitching straight. And in game two, eighth inning, Braves scored those four runs. That's just how quick the Braves can strike. If the Braves can play like that all the way through the playoffs, there's no reason why they shouldn't be getting their first ring in 25 years. They have the lineup to bring home a title. If Brian Snicker can put everybody in place like he's supposed to, figure out their rotation like he needs to, because Matt Freed is 7-0 this year in the regular season. Uh, he played, he pitched like an ace. If they can get Soraka back next year, Ian Anderson, if he can become that third starter that they need, we're talking about the 1990 Atlanta Braves all over again. One more person that they need to, you know, think about resigning is Marcel Ozuna. He's a perfect fit in Atlanta. He gives them that balance of power in the middle of the lineup. And it's something that Ronald Acuna needs, you know, and Ozzy Albies if he gets on base. If Ozuna can stay here at least two to three more years, the Braves can win multiple titles. It's just in their DNA with what they brought through the farm system and what they've done in free agency the last couple of years. So if they can keep these players in place, I think the Atlanta Braves will win multiple championships. And don't look now, but like I said, Bobby Cox, <laughs> this is what you should have had in the mid 2000s I'm sorry in the 1990s late 90s to the early 2000s you should have had multiple championships same makeup same DNA so Atlanta Braves congratulations on getting to the next round best of five I don't know who you're going to play yet but I know they're in for a hell of a fight but those are my quick thoughts on those topics with the NBA Finals Major League Baseball and the Thursday night football game when I get back I'm going to go to the 1 o'clock games, and we'll keep it moving from there. Stay tuned. What's going on, everybody? It's Mike Patton, a.k.a. The General, SportsAwakening.com, and you're tuned in to Smitty Sports Machine and my boy Antoine Smitty Smith. Hey, 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 I'm back, I'm back. To Welcome to the Sports Machine. Uh, before I get started, I want to remind everybody about uh, the Steelers and Titans game. It has been pushed back to October 25th, which is week seven, I think. And if you're not taking coronavirus serious at this point, it's shame on you. I know everybody has the right to feel the way they feel. 
but coronavirus took my sister away from me and you know it's no joke and if you have health conditions such as myself uh, I've had a, two kidney transplants but you know not to take this serious you know it to me says a lot about you as a person it's pretty selfish in my opinion because even though you feel the way you feel think about the people around you thinking about your relatives cousins whoever you know so be considerate of everyone and wear a mask even if you just go outside for a couple of hours wear a mask I mean, it's just, you know, simple science. But let's get to week four in the NFL. First game I'm going is Miami, Minnesota, and Houston. Texans by four is the spread. But the way the Texans protect Deshaun Watson, I don't think that happens. I like Minnesota's defense a little bit better than the Texans' defense. They're pretty much hobbled on defense. They can put up points, true enough. But Minnesota's defense, I think, will probably be the end result in this one. And I think Minnesota's defense might even score a touchdown. Because, like I said, Deshaun Watson's offensive line cannot hold up. And Larry Thompson got paid all that money and still can't protect his blind side. So I'm going to go Minnesota in this one. I'm going to go Minnesota 24, Houston 17. Charges at the Buccaneers in Tampa. Spread is seven and a half by Buc- by the Buccaneers, and I'm gonna take that plus three. I think the Buccaneers will be too much on offense. Tom Brady has not looked Tom Brady, but he still can put up points. They still have a lot of weapons, and I think this is the breakout game for Mike Evans. So I'm gonna take the Buccaneers at home, 31-17 over the Chargers. Browns at Cowboys. Cowboys are favored by five, four and a half, rather. But, you know, I'm going to take an upset here. And the reason why I'm going to take an upset here is I still don't trust Dallas' defense. Yes, they have, you know, a pretty good defensive line. But they're still hobbled at linebacker, and they're struggling in the secondary also. They gave up five touchdown passes to Russell Wilson, and they gave gave up a lot of touchdowns to Matt Ryan a week before that. So their secondary suspect, and I think Odell Beckham will take advantage of that. I can see Odell Beckham getting double digits in catches and over 100 yards easily. Maybe two touchdowns. Nick Chubb will also run wild because he's having a solid season. And if Cleveland win this, wins this game, Cleveland will be making a statement and taking another step toward a playoff berth. First time in almost 20 years. And that's tough to say because I actually remember that. You know, it's been about 17 years. <laughs> so let's um, start to think about, you know, the Cowboys pretty much, you know, digging themselves in a hole. I'm going to take Cleveland to move to 3-1, and one, and I'll take the Browns over the Cowboys 31-28. Ravens at the Washington football team. That still sounds funny to me. The Ravens came off a pretty tough game against the Kansas City Chiefs at home. And I saw, you know, where the Ravens were kicked out of the top five of the best team of the power rankings, which I still think is ridiculous. 
because this Baltimore team is probably still as strong as any team in the league. No team in the NFL will probably stop that Chiefs offense. Before anything, the Chiefs will beat theirself. But Baltimore travels to Washington. I think this game will be tougher than people think because Washington also also has a great defense, even though they you know let us down the last couple of weeks. Chase Young injured his groin against Cleveland last week. He may give it a go, but we don't know. But either way, I think Baltimore's running game will be way too strong for the Washington football team. And I'm going to take the Ravens easily in this one. 35-10. And I hate to give Washington only 10 points, but Dwayne Haskins has struggled still. Arizona at Carolina. Cardinals by three and a half is the point spread. But I'm going to give them a little bit more than that because even though Carolina pulled out a win at Los Angeles last week, their secondary is still suspect because Justin Herbert had a pretty decent game for a real quarterback. And Kyler Murray has been setting the league on fire this year, and in my opinion, in the MVP race, if you think about it. But those three interceptions didn't help his case last week. But at the same time, you still have DeAndre Hopkins. You have Kenyon Drake in the backfield. Larry Fitzgerald still out there. So they have, you know, a pretty formidable offense. And I still think Carolina's defense is suspect and young. You remember Luke Kickley retired, so I think you're seeing, you know, that affect as well. But they're favored by three and a half on the Cardinals, but I'm going to take the Cardinals by a whole touchdown. I'm going to go 27-20, Cardinals over the Panthers. And you have to remember also, Christian McCaffrey is out. That is a mighty big blow. Colts at Bears. Jonathan Taylor has been running wild the last couple of weeks, and the Colts' defense stepped up last week. The Bears were gifted a win in Atlanta, and I think it finally catches up to them at home. The Colts can put up points, and we could see the Colts win by as many as two touchdowns because I'm still not sold on the Bears because last week they squeaked out Atlanta because Atlanta broke down in the end. And the week before that, well, I'm sorry, week one, the Bears lost because DeAndre Swift dropped their touchdown in the end zone. But this week, I think it catches up with them. We don't know how Nick Foles is going to play. So I'm going to take the Colts on the road, surprisingly. I'm going to take them 20 to 13 over the Bears. Saints at the Lions. Now, this game could be tricky. Saints are favored by four and a half. But the Lions, like I said just previous on the previous game, could easily be 2-1. And, and you think about it, the way they played the Packers, but fell down in the end, it could be 3-0. and Adrian Peterson, 35 years old, is still running wild. And I think that that is the difference. I think he gives Matthew Stafford's arm a rest. I'm not sold on the Saints' run defense because uh, we all know that the Saints' defense can break down at any time. Look for Kenny Galladay to have a great game. Matthew Stafford also. But I still think that Adrian Peterson is the key at 35 years old. I'm going to take the Lions in the upset. I'm going to go to the Lions 23-17 over the Saints. Seahawks at the Dolphins. Now, Russell Wilson is 14 touchdowns in three games. And with this six and a half point spread over the Dolphins, 
after they're coming off a win at Jacksonville, I still think that Russell Wilson and that Seattle defense, that defense need help. The Dolphins, you know, like I said, they came off a great win against Jacksonville, but it's the Jaguars. You're playing a Seattle team that has the MVP, top MVP candidate that can throw deep balls just like, you know, a scud missile hitting the seat. So, it's just, you know, <laughs> I hate to say it, but this game will get ugly. There's no way around it. I'm going to take Seattle without even, you know, hesitating. And I'm going to go 38-17 over the Dolphins. It's going to be a, a blowout in my opinion, and I think he adds on to that touchdown total. I think he actually throws the four touchdowns this game, which would give him 18, which is still crushing Deshaun Watson's record from a couple of years ago. Jaguars at the Bengals. Now, the Bengals are favored by three in this game. But, Jaguars have played pretty well before last week. And the Bengals should have beaten the Eagles last week. They got their first win. But we all know how it goes sometimes. When it comes to the Bengals, they're good at making ties. The Bengals played well on offense, believe it or not, in Philly last week. So, with that, I'm thinking that Bengals will get their first win of the season. Zach Taylor is probably going to keep his job one more season at least because the Bengals, even though their team needs rebuilding, they're fighting every game, and I love that. But I think this will be a high-scoring game, and I'm just going to throw points out there. I'm going to go 45-35, Bengals over the Jaguars. I know it's going to be a shootout, and it's funny to say because the teams are so bad, but either team can stop a nosebleed at this point. But those are my 1 o'clock games. When I come back, I'm going to give you all my 4 o'clock games and my primetime games. Stay tuned. Yo, this is Will Walker from Will's Take on Sports on Spreaker.com, and you're listening to the best darn sports podcaster in the city of Atlanta, my boy Smitty Smith and Smitty Sports Machine. Take care. I holla. four o'clock games right quick <clears throat> but before I do I always have to take a quick second you know to thank the fans for listening in you know thank you for always supporting me thank you for always checking out my YouTube channel my blogs on sportsblog.com I appreciate it and without you know no followers and no listeners and no nobody period you know I wouldn't have made it as far as I have I'm six years in the game now, and I'm still loving it, just like it was the first day. But thank y'all for always supporting your boy, and I appreciate it. Let's get to these 4 o'clock games, like I said. Giants at the Rams. I'm not going to waste my time on this because the line on it is ridiculous at 13, which is two touchdowns. So that alone right there tells you that this will probably be a blowout. No Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones are pretty much out there on his own. And I'm going to take the Giants in a row, 
over the Giants. <laughs> this line said 13. I'm going to go 20, 35. But it's going to get ugly soon. Real quick and fast. Patriots at the Chiefs. Now, Bill Belichick, believe it or not, is somehow keeping that team afloat. And he's doing it an unconventional way by running the football, something that I haven't seen them do in a long time. So, the line is the Chiefs by seven. But, look at what Patrick Mahomes did last week. Look at what the Patriots did last week. Now, I'm going to take the Chiefs by three, and I'm going to go 31-28. But, do not be surprised if... Patriots pull an upset here because we all know Bill Belichick is all about adjustments. All he had to do is come up with the right adjustment at the right time. Patriots could sneak out of Kansas City with a win. But I'm going to go to Chiefs by 331-28. But don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if the Patriots win. Bills at the Raiders in Las Vegas. That still sounds funny. The line is the Bills by three. But truth be told, Bill snuck out with a win last week against the Rams. And Josh Allen, no one's talking about him, but he's top five in the, in the MVP discussion, no matter whether you believe it or not. The Raiders, as I said before, they went up to New England, got ran to the woodshed, but they're back at home where they beat the Saints two weeks ago. And this game will be close, actually, I believe. But for some reason, I like the Raiders, and I've been saying that for a while. Because if the Raiders run the ball last week effective like they did the first two weeks, the Raiders will probably be 3-0. That Buffalo defense is nothing to play with. Even though they gave up a handsome amount of points last week, I still think that the Bills defense is top 10 in the league. But I'm going to go to Raiders at home, even though the Bills are favored by three, but I'm going to take the Raiders by three. 24-21 over the Bills. Eagles at the 49ers. Now, this game right here, I've heard rumors of, day of Jalen Hurts coming in to play, but it's time for Carson Wentz to get on his wagon to play. Nick Mullins played lights out for the 49ers last week, and if you look closely, Nick Mullins' arm is much stronger than Jimmy Garoppolo, who they're paying $120 million to on his contract. 49ers are filled with injuries and Carson Wentz has to get back this week but if Jalen Hurts plays this game don't be surprised. The 49ers played well and the Eagles look awful. That's all you need to see in here. The line is you know the 49ers by four and a half but um I'm going to take the 49ers by 10 points at least. And I'm going to go 27-17 in this game. Because the 49ers still, you know, have a legitimate offense. Even though they have injuries, Kyle Shanahan has adjusted. So, like I said, 27-17, 49ers over the Eagles. Let's go to Monday Night Football. Falcons at the Packers. Now, we all know how the Falcons are struggling on defense in late in games. But the Falcons could easily be 2-1. The Packers are 3-0. And Aaron Rodgers is 
playing lights out. Now, the Packers are the first team in history with 35-plus point games and no turnover in the first three games of the season. And that's amazing. You would score that many points with no turnovers, which means, you know, no turnovers equals out to wins most of the time. Now, the Packers schedule, I'm sorry, the Packers are favored by seven points in this game. But the Falcons have played well the first three quarters, and I'm not joking. I'm not making that to be a joke. But for some reason, I think the Falcons will pull this one out because they have to win in order to keep their coach there or in order to keep their playoff hopes alive. Yes, I'm still saying playoffs out of three games because it's just three games. And after this game, if they win this game, to me, their next five games are winnable, which would make them five, six, and three. So, I'm going to take the Falcons in the upset over Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in Green Bay. Now, the big difference that I think in this game is no crowd. Because Lambeau is a tough place to play because of the crowd. It may be cold there because I think it's in the 30s already there. So at game time on Monday night at 8 o'clock, it's still going to be in the 30s because the sun will have to drop. Now, you all remember that Michael Vick upset from two de- almost two decades ago? I think it still rings true today. But I'm going to go to Falcons in this one. And it's going to be close, but I'm going to go to Falcons 34-27 over the Packers in Green Bay. Julio Jones will play, and if you know Julio Jones, these are the type of games he lives for. He's had a 200-yard game in Green Bay. And he may get another one here. If not, Calvin Ridley could do it. But the Packers are weak on the outside, and as I said, you can go to my YouTube channel and check it out. The Packers are not strong on the outside. The Saints showed that last week, you know, by Alvin Kamara having 16 touches for nearly 200 yards. A running back having 13 catches is unheard of these days. So if the Falcons can get Brian Hill, Todd Gurley, or Edo Smith on the edge, they have a chance to run away with this one. All Dirt Cutter has to do is run the ball, setting them up. So I'm taking the Falcons 34-27 over... Packers in Green Bay but yes I'm bold and everybody knows it but those are my week four picks I hope you enjoyed that and when I come back I'm going to give you all my closing thoughts stay tuned final thought on this episode is going to be about, you know, Scottie Pippen has some comments, you know, about the NBA in the bubble. He said, you know, he didn't feel like, you know, it was real basketball. And I understand that everybody has their own opinion of things, but to disrespect the game of basketball is something that he should not be doing. Because even though they're playing in a bubble, even though there's no crowd, NBA is still the NBA and to be honest I kind of like the bubble because there's no home there's no crowd no home court advantage what you put on the floor is what you get and in the league these days we need more of that get back to that 
because in the 90s, when I grew up as a teenager, and I'm telling my age here, but I don't care, you had real basketball back then. And that's what they're getting back to now with the bubble. I mean, one-on-one basketball, you know, hard fouls, and I love to see it. But, like I said in the beginning of this podcast, the Lakers are too big, and I love how they're going back to fundamentals. And in the bubble, that's what teams got back to fundamentals. And I love to see that. Yes, they're still jacking up threes, but at the same time, they're learning to play with the big man. And including the big man in your game plan is something that the league needs to get back into, not just the Lakers. Yes, I love three-point shots, but in my opinion, the three-point shot is messing up basketball. But that's neither here nor there. But Scottie Pippen, the next time you have a feeling like that towards the NBA they're trying to save lives. They're trying to give the fans something to watch in this during this tough time. That is the best way that they could come up with things. They have put them in the bubble and they have succeeded. No positive tests, you know. And they're keeping it safe. And if other leagues, you know, professional leagues can follow this type of game plan by playing in the bubble. Damn it, they should do it. So, that's just a quick thought for me, you know, towards what Scottie Pippen had to say. I did not like it, and I think it was disrespectful is all I'm saying. But that's my time for this show. Thank you all for tuning in. As I've said before in a million times, please follow, please follow me on all social media outlets and platforms at Smitty Sports Machine. That's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Spotify and while we're I'm on Spotify right now speaking you can catch me on all podcast platforms iTunes uh, Stitcher, Breaker Pocket Cast Google Podcast Apple Podcast anything you can think of I'm there but as again thank y'all for tuning in it's your boy Antoine Smith Smith signing off As I always say, I will catch you on the flip side, my good people. Peace.